This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They take the third knee in a row, and that will do it. Baltimore comes in, pulls out the upset, and Pittsburgh Steelers, two-game win streak goes by the boards. That's the end of the game with a final score. The Ravens 16, the Steelers 14. You know, Max, <laughs> I went straight to the lasagna, brother. I'm telling you what. I needed some comfort food last night. It was straight to the lasagna. I mean, you just had to have at it, my friend. No, it is. it was a necessity. I mean, that was a game that was just so tough to – to watch, to deal with, you know, you lose Kenny early in this contest, um, is backup on backup, then you get the backup to the backup with the Ravens, and, you until know. Until there's the no one, more backup. <laughs> until there's no more backups, and, you know, you look at it, and, I mean, th- let's just face it, the Baltimore Ravens came in, and they out-bullied us as bullies. You know, that that pretty much summarizes it, and that's really hard to accept. It's a hard one to swallow. That's a vicious pill to have to throw down the gullet there, but it, there's there's truth in that. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, th- today is a special edition of the good, the bad, the uglier, the ugly, and the uglier. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. we got to have an extra category there because there's, there's enough to go around, but certainly this was a game that was eminently winnable. That's what I I just came away yes. with that that whole despite everything, despite all that went on, it was so winnable, and it's just like we just could not push the rock over at the right moment in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it was just you know searching for those moments and you're looking for them, and it was like ah yeah it feels like this is the time. And then the time just never came. And mm. it was just constantly waiting on it. I mean, like you said, I mean, there were so many opportunities to win this game, to take advantage in this game, and it just seemed to just seemingly get out of our grasp moment after moment, or I should say interception after interception. Um, or, it was just, yeah. Or counter, <laughs> counter trap after counter trap. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Counter the the counter traps were definitely there, uh, <clears throat> and you would have thought at some point there would have been an answer for it. But you know <clears throat> that one, the, the that last drive they had before taking the knees. I don't count that as a drive, right? Um, it was just come on, we can make this stop. We can we can do this, and they just literally ran the same exact play to the right then to the left, then back to the right, and then you know, change up on third and short, go for a dive with a 300-pound fullback, and then oh. go back left, go back right. And, you know, yeah. You know, the, 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 the people are saying, you know, first of all, they go, well, why didn't you adjust? You can't adjust when you're getting killed at the point of attack. You know what yeah. I mean? When, when you're you're losing the battle up front, and and every it, all the guys know that it was no no mystery, you know when you when you're being out executed, 
I hate using that word. It just sounds so. The connotation just sounds bad, given the the, yeah. the gloomy well, atmosphere this morning. It, it seemed like it. It seemed like an execution. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I look at it. I go one of the, one of the biggest adjustments they made at halftime. Looking at the Ravens, they took their three hundred pound fullback Ricard, and instead of having him as the trailer as they did in the first half on the counter track, counter track, they put him at the, the you know on the H back on the front side as a kickout man. Yeah. (laughs) When I was watching that, they came in motion sometimes with Ricard off the H-back position, and as he got to about the left guard, say if he's going to the right, they'd snap the ball so that Ben Powers would pull in conjunction so that the two of them are shoulder to shoulder with a Morgan Moses trailing behind him, and you got a kick out, another kick out, plus a guy turning up, and it was like a a triaxle dump truck coming at you. Yeah, I mean, and and the backside, uh, you know, close guy, you know, can't close because you have to at least honor the the, right. the the fake by the quarterback. And yeah, I mean, it was just it was ran to perfection. The run throughs, guys were getting, you know, lost in the wash, and it was uh, yeah, it was frustrating. It was it was like you said this during the broadcast yesterday. It was a clinic. It was a clinic yeah. on how to run power. Yeah, it really was. You know, and they, yeah. they did it very, very well. And you're going to have to take your lumps with this, and I know it's a discouraging time. Everybody's discouraged. You're coming up on Christmas. The opportunity to be able to make yourself relevant, given, you know, the playoff picture and so forth, has dissipated a great degree. Everything I know, <clears throat> I again, that's why I went straight for the lasagna. <laughs> Eat some comfort food yeah. in a situation like this. Layers, layers of comfort. <laughs> Dude, would you put sausage in there? Because I definitely, definitely oh, yeah. have sausage. Yeah, good, good crumbled sausage. sausage has to go in there. Oh, has you know what? Make there. it chunky. Let's just go chunky with yeah. it too. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, l- l- listen. Whatever. As long as as long as you have the right adequate layer of cheese and sauce to go with it. Yes. I'm all for it. You need rec- you need ricotta and mozzarella. Oh yes. You need both. You need both. Not to mention the garlic toast, huh? A little Texas toast there. Oh, yeah, and just make it a sandwich or like a like, you know, like one of those fancy flatbreads, <laughs> you know, with a smearing on top of it. <laughs> oh, oh, would that be out of sight? Oh, yeah, my there goodness. it is. Oh my goodness, yes. Lasagna sandwich. That's just it just adds two at least two other layers to the already layers that are inside of it, you know? It's just it's just stack on stack on stack. It's the gift that keeps on giving, brother. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It is. All right. It is, but but so, you're right. It, it was a rough morning. It was. <laughs> a rough day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a rough couple of days here. Because this one, this one really hurt. You know, because the physicality. I mean, Chuck Knoll used to, when I, I remember coming up in uh, in Seattle, and I heard as I walked by Chuck in a post-game press conference, because they didn't have, like, press conference rooms and stadiums back in the day. So it would be, like, around the locker room somewhere. And I heard Chuck say, we were out physicaled on the line of scrimmage and I that was that was scary because then the next words were we've got to get back to basics and back to basics in Chuck's time was of course we were three padded days you know practice a day but it just everything was going back to training camp 
uh, velocity. You know what I mean? Everybody, it was yeah. all going to be about, you know, almost scrimmage-like atmosphere on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And everybody's going to be all beat up. There's going to be fights. There's going to be extra running. There's going to be all kinds of extra stuff. Chuck's going to be very unhappy, and the whole thing would be a dour week. And, you know, you, you got to get ready for the next game. But you're beating yourself up, it seems like, the entire week. But it was Chuck's way of getting everybody's attention back to the physical perception that you need that you cannot undergo a beating at the line of scrimmage like that yeah no i mean you have i mean at some point you you have to say i'm not we're not going to take it right yeah you know yep. pull, pull from a pull from a good old 80s hairband classic right you know <laughs> what? Uh, be, were, you, were you an 80s hair long big hair uh, band uh you know type of aficionado well, you know, I, 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 I've, I've definitely had my forays with uh, a lot, of, lot, of, lot of the big power ballads and, uh, and, and rock anthems of the, of the '80s variety. So there you, you go. Know, yeah, I mean, everybody dabbles. I don't, I don't, I don't care what you say. Right. Everybody, everybody's heard a little White Snake, right? right? You know, Winger. You definitely tune in, little Winger. I mean, you, you're, you're gonna hear all of it. And you're like, okay, I've heard this at some point. You're gonna bob your head a little bit, you know. <laughs> you, you know, no, you can't just turn on, you know, a little ACDC. Come on, there I mean, you, go. you, you, you got to get, you got to get a little Metallica. I mean, we've <laughs> Enter there the Sandman. Look out! Oh man, Enter the Sandman is that that might be if you had to pick the one song that describes white weight training from like high school, college and the pros, yes. like with the old boom box, like strapped up in the corner of, right, uh, right. of, of the weight room. And you're like, we, we, we it's, it's almost like Will Ferrell and blazing. We, we, we work out to one song and one song only. It's like, that would, <laughs> that would be the song. That would be the song that you would have to work out religiously to. And, and everybody, and everybody knows it, you know, it's just like, what do I say? If you've ever been in a gym and worked out, You've heard that song at some point in your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember back in the day at Three Rivers in our weight room there, you know, it was all about who got there first and could, you know, play. You, you then be, were able to play the music you wanted. If you had enough veteran yeah. years, you know. If, if, yeah. if a three-year guy goes in and starts the music and a six-year guy comes in, well, he can overload. You know, he can overtake yeah, that. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And a rookie has nothing. You, you got no you got no room. Oh, oh no. No. You just show up and just start pushing pushing weight. That, yeah. that's all you could do. That's it. To whatever it is. If somebody comes in and plays Pavarotti, you just gotta deal with it as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like just nothing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go. It's go like, sit. okay, we're listening we're listening to three tenors again. Okay, all right, cool, cool. No, no. I love Placido Domingo. Just go his, uh, his aria in the fourth movement was was astounding. 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 I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what's so funny, Max? I this past Saturday, my my daughters, my beautiful daughters, they they were they danced in the Nutcracker. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in uh, they were in Greensburg at the Palace Theater, and it was the Westmoreland Symphony played there, and I mean it was beautiful, and it's a great old theater, and the, the whole thing uh was was just terrific you know but yeah I, I was sitting there i was just captivated by my daughters watching my two little girls up there but the thing about it was it's like for 98 percent of the time i don't know what's going on i mean do you ever do you ever notice that in the nutcracker yeah what's going on i mean you got little mice like uh, 
kiddos running around. You got the toy wooden soldier type guy and stuff and people moving. But nobody says a word, dead gummit. I, I couldn't follow what was going on. Yeah, all, all you heard was Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies, right? That's just, you, <laughs> yeah, it was you're, music. Just, you're just like. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, listen, listen. I was I was Uncle Drosselmeyer in, in, in elementary school for our Nutcracker. Play, oh, really? So. Yeah, that's really? right. I, was yeah, that a school play? Yeah. It was a school play. Yes, it was. Oh, see, my my only my foray into the theater was uh, sixth grade. I was a tree. That you know, what are you gonna do? You know, you know. It, I was a good tree though. I was I was rock solid on. Didn't have any lines. Didn't blow any lines. Didn't have any lines. <laughs> Did you make like a tree and leaf? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That is yeah. really good. That was sweet. Nice move. I see where you're going with this. That's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So getting back uh -oh. to the game, you know, there is, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly, and there's awesome, and sometimes the awesome turns into uglier. It depends on the week. But we had a lot of – there was still good things out there. And I know nobody wants to talk about the good things, but there was good things. You know, Mitch doing what he did when he got in and moved the club. I mean, as a backup quarterback, he's doing exactly what you want him to do. It's unfortunate. In those 31 passes, um, or you know, he was 22 of 31, but he got three huge picks. And, I, you know, one of the things that uh, I remember in the offseason, uh, Max, I, I think we talked about this or I'm, I, back in training camp, but – one of my perceptions with Mitch, I went back and watched a lot of some of his stuff in Chicago and everything, and he's so good at moving the ball. It's when he gets down the red zone, he has trouble. Or It was my perception that he had some trouble in pu putting things into the end zone. Very good from red zone to red zone, but getting into the red zone seemed to be a, a, a peculiar problem that he, he had in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and and that and that problem has has followed him, and it's now kind of his trend. And you know, you think that sometimes change of venue will kind of change the way it is, but sometimes you cannot change the stripes on the zebra. Mm -hmm. As much as you would love for them to go horizontal, they are vertical, and they <laughs> alternate. That's just that's just how it is. And you know, and and, and so knowing that. You know, you would you would love to think that okay, let's try let's try and get some more run stuff going. I know he had the nice dart there to Pat Fryermuth at the end, but and that was a beautiful throw. I mean, oh, that, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful man, throw right in between in a the tight safeties. Window. Man, Qu quick decision went right in, but then you remember back earlier in the game, yeah, the crossing route, right? right? Not not seeing not seeing Roquan Smith. You know, on time. the front side right. of Steven Sims, even though I know you're looking at Pat Fryermuth, yeah. right? Fryermuth has the inside position. He st he, st he stacked the safety and then cut on the in route. It's like you got to hold it. You got to wait for it to clear before you could throw p to Pat. Yes. Because you can't throw it beforehand because, A, Steven Sims is very fast. Yep. And Roquan Smith is playing the middle field in the zone coverage you can't throw that ahead of time. You just you you can't you hang on anticipate. Yeah, yeah. You've got to hang for a tick and let him clear, and then throw him. Especially trying to lead him right, lead him after Roquan's there. But you didn't see Roquan. 
Yeah. And then you sailed the, you sailed the one to Deontay. And that one was just not following through and kind of trying to put it trying to put it up in the air and loft it, but you allowed the safety to have enough time to recover because that ball seemed to hang in the air forever. It did. And he even said after the game, he didn't use his eyes to freeze Williams enough. You know what I mean? He knew yeah. it. He yeah. knew it when he let it go. After he let it go, there was a problem because he let Williams get too much of a jump on getting over the top as he rolled yeah. over on uh, you know to to cover Deontay's. And you know what? These are things that if you're not in the game for you know what eight weeks, nine weeks, weeks yeah. I mean, these are the little things that that can crop up and become a problem for you when you don't have game action because again. Practice speed is way different than game speed. You just It's not the same yes. thing. And you have a team that's already pissed off because they, they, they've they given up the last four in a row to you. Yeah. yeah. So they have something to prove. They, they, they know they're better than this, and they feel they're better than this, so they want to go out and prove that they're better than this. And, you know, going into a hostile environment that is Pittsburgh – you know, you have to have a little something about you, and and that that's and that's the mark of of a team that that you know that that's all the way in it together, that has the experience. I mean, the the offensive line, right? Knowing that you're down to your third string quarterback in the game, mm. the offensive line puts the game on their back, and the right. coach puts the game on the offensive line's back, and right? they respond, yes, and they responded, and they countered the living daylights out of us and they said well we found we found what it is we found the weakness yep and, and we're right going to explode you. this yes. yeah and, and, and I, you know i was happy to see the sealers finally like kind of respond but you know it would but i have to say would you put that stat out at the beginning of the game it just stuck with me and it was like, when the Steelers score first, they're seven and zero. When they don't, no five and zero. Oh, oh, five and zero, and yeah. just seven and seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, and seven. Yeah. Okay, there it is. Sorry, got got to. <laughs> Far it. be it from me to correct anybody with statistics, Max. <laughs> l- 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 listen, I didn't get into one a.m. this morning. Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, it is. It is out there, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was just you know, it was just kind of the, the, that underlying theme. And you knew that you had to, you had to get on the board early, and you know, Baltimore got the ball first, yep. and you know, and we had an opportunity. We got stalled, and then they were able to to get regather and and put points on the board. And I was like, oh man, so we were, let, let, let's break the curse. Now now it was like let's break the curse, right? And it just seemed like every time it was close. And then think about that. I mean. When's the last time Boz had a had a kick blocked? Man, oh man! I mean, and who else but Calais Campbell? I mean, you want to exactly. talk about a guy that pff, the guy's amazing. You know, I mean, j- just to watch yeah. him and and what he's able to do. And I don't know how you get six foot eight and three hundred and ten pounds of skinny in a gap. <laughs> That's the, the man's just huge. You know, it's like I said, he's like a, a long armed T Rex down in the in the trenches. But he certainly did, and, and that was just a huge play. And uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll take a little break now because we, we got a little bit of good. We got to talk about the bad. We got to talk about the ugly and the uglier. And we'll be opening up the phone lines in a little while here, and uh, commence with getting getting it over with because we got 24 hours to swallow this and, and then move it out of the way, Max. 
No, absolutely. So, yeah, like you said, Wolf, we're going to step aside. We're going to pay some bills. And remember, the phone line number to call in, 412-919-1316. That's where you can hit us up, and we'll, we'll, have, we'll start answering some calls in, in a little while. But uh, you are here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trubisky in the gun. Now they have a trio out there to the right. He looks back, looks right, fires it over the middle. Touchdown! Pat Fryer from 10 yards out. He beat Kyle Hamilton. Oh, that was a beautiful throw. That was a well-timed throw. That was... A throw with great intention, strength. Just whistled it in there in a very small window, as we were talking about earlier, Max. And it's one of the things that you, this is what you expect from a guy like Mitch Trubisky, a guy who's, uh, you know, got years in the league. He understands what, what's going on. And it was a terrific throw um, there. Because let's face it, look, there, there's, there, it's not all, there's not all good. There's not all bad. There's not all ugly. There is an uglier, but... <laughs> You know, there's yeah. there's always some good and the bad and bad and the good, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's the life of a pro. This is what happens week in, week out, and how you handle it and how you rebound from it determines basically how long you're going to be in the league because really <laughs> playing in the league is nothing more than um, great moments followed by not-so-great moments and how you rebound from it, you know? Yeah, moments beget moments yes. that are moments. <clears throat> and... You're, you're right. Not all of them are good. Not all of them are bad. Not all of them are ugly, but there are some ugliers. Um, there's always uglier. It can always be uglier, Wolf. Just remember that. Yep, yep. That would be me like like me being on the dating game. We have tonight's special edition of the good, the bad, the ugly, and we got a special guest for the uglier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so anyhow, yeah, yeah. moving along, we've got, you know, to – the, the pass to Fryermuth again. That was that was absolutely perfect. Just the way you want to draw it up. A great move on the inside, being able to zing that in in between the the back end of the coverage. There, Pat made a great move, caught the ball. It was a great throw by Mitch. Um, that was good stuff. And there there was more. You know, I mean, he really came into the game and basically got George Pickens going. And that to me, man, you, th- there's got to be more targets to this kid. Yeah, there there has to be. Um, I I know we last week we were talking about his frustration on the sidelines, Cam having to talk to him. Right. But I thought it was good to get him involved early and really show off the big play capability. Right. He finished with three for seventy eight. Right. And he just he has this skill set that that just is not it can't be denied, and. Although I know Deontay got the lion's share, Pat got his fair share of looks. You, 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 I mean, the, the kid is just on the money. When you need him, he is there. Big plays. He makes them look routine. Yes. And, you know, do we know everything going on behind closed doors? No. But 
I don't need to know everything behind closed doors. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. like that. That's where you know that skill set now is is something that I don't need to possess. I mean, you know, everybody wants to be an insider and this, that, and the other. Sometimes you just don't want to know. Yes. You know, you just want to you just want to see what the, what that finished product looks like um, at times. Now, if there's something that's help related, then absolutely, right? Let me know. But when it comes to the natural progression of a season and interpersonal communication amongst human beings. <laughs> yes. That's the part where I'm like, you know, I, I, Boy, I, don't, I don't need words. to know this. That's coded yeah, words. Yeah. <laughs> For exactly. internal business pertinent only to those involved is basically what you're it, saying. It, exactly. You know, I, I learned my lesson the hard way. <laughs> Ramon, you know, Ramon came out, you know, years ago. I was like, listen, if you're not in the locker room and you've been in the locker room, you should understand this. Some things just aren't meant to get out and things that need to be handled within our walls. And I agree. I concur. And so there's some places where I don't need to know because here's the thing. I could tell he's all right because he went out and did what he did yesterday. He was locked in. He was focused. He was ready to go. And, you know, things are are not going to go as planned. That's why you have a game plan. If everything was going to go in line with what you were thinking – you would just literally script the entire game. Yes. But you don't. You script the first 15, and then after that, it is a work in pro- It is a living document <laughs> with <Yes>. possibilities. That's, <laughs> all, that's all it is. <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. But, you yeah. know, going back to it, all right, getting Pickens rolling. Do we got the uh, West? Do we got the 42-yarder? And he's going to play action, fake it. Wants to throw it long. Down underneath it, it is... Pickens, and that is a first and goal inside the 10. George Pickens, a rookie out of Georgia. And Trubisky put it over Marlon Humphrey, the two-time pro cornerback. Now remember, that was a two-time Pro Bowl cornerback that he whipped the pants off on that route. That that also went to the same high school as him. That's tr- Oh, that's right. That's right. The yes. Hoover, the Hoover High. Thank you. Thank you to Missy for that little nugget. Yeah, absolutely. She nailed that. Yeah, she did, and and that that was and that was the thing. It was like if you can put it in there, you you've got you got to thread that needle to him. And that was one where it was enough air, right? Yep. But also didn't hang in the air. Okay, right, it was correct. it was delivered with force. So we're talking about the difference between trajectory that though. play and trajectory versus. The Deontay Williams interception, mm-hmm. right? W- Mitch was able to drive the ball, dri- drive his foot, drive the ball, and deliver it expeditiously to where you couldn't sit there and oh, there's a hoopy like a center fielder. Yeah, so so I mean, it's just those are, and those are the things. And and, and, yes. and you know, as much as much as you could tell, Billy wanted to say Pickett to Pickens, it was Trubisky to Pickens. Yes, on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, you know, he, he fought the urge. He fought the urge. Good job, Bill. Absolutely. Um, this young man can win those 50-50 balls. Like, it's more like 75-25. You know what I mean with this yeah. kid? Because of the way he shields the ball with his body, and he, he just has a sensibility, number one, about where the out-of-bounds is. He doesn't let the defensive back push him out-of-bounds or, or you know, uh, use his fanny to – to, to use that out of bounds as a 12th defender, he still maintains his legitimate leverage in, in bounds and is able to pinpoint the ball, track it. He does a great job of tracking the ball. That's I think that's one of his greatest strengths. Well, and I'll say this. He also 
This is where it's a positive, Wolf. Now, listen to me. These words are I'm listening, brother. Late hands. He has late late hands. hands. Yeah, I got you. So late hands is a good term for everybody else out there listening because he doesn't expose himself to being grabbed too early by showing his hands and trying to figure it out. You know, it's like you and I if a punt came towards us, right? (laughs) Like, ah, ah, where is it? It's like a bad juggler. You know, you got your hands and they're just going everywhere. It's like he's tracking, tracking, tracking with his eyes, and then boom, hands come right at the last minute. So the defensive back can't chop them, grab them, or whatever. He had, and he has strong hands. So, no, it's a good thing um, and a good skill set. And, 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 I mean, but here's the thing he doesn't have to just be the big ball guy. Right. But we love the big ball thrown to him because we know that, like you said, 75% of the time is good all the time. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and he has, and he has a knack for making it look, easy even though we know it's not no question about it and just to clarify a little bit exactly what you're saying max when a guy reaches with late hands he doesn't tip off the defensive back because the defensive back is taught in running in man coverage you reach for the hands of the receiver when the receiver puts his hands up you reach for his hands so that yes. by doing it late it, it the ball it allows the ball to drop into that pocket very quickly without tipping off the defensive back what's happening but the other the other thing that they got to do is try is trying to be able to track the ball too. I mean the corner is trying to be able to locate the ball, getting their head around. But George does such <coughs> a great job of not tipping anything off until that ball is nearly arrived. Yeah, and, and and that's an asset. Yes, you know I think I think of you know uh, dearly departed and Chase Claypool right. Chase would show his hands early. He's trying to stare it in. He's trying to catch it with his body. Right. Like all the kind of no, no bugaboo things because he's a big body. He's going to try and box you out. But more often than not, that's where, you know, you don't get the success because you are showing it early. They can grab and manipulate and, you know, change, change what you're trying to do. But when you're late with them, they don't get any keys. And then now they're worried about, okay, well, when can I turn my head around? Because if I hit him and I'm staring forward, it's a P.I., yeah, pass interference. So, you know, you put which you put, he drew. You put the corner. Yeah, which he drew one of those as yes. well, and he can draw more. Yep, because he is that mismatched guy. So it's like even if you know the ball's not going to get to him, putting it in a fightable place to where you could draw the pi. That's another part of the game and the hidden yardage that you have to that you have to use to your disposal as well. When you and, have guys in sticky coverage. Yes, exactly. So. And we want to go on with um, West. We got the Najee touchdown. Trubisky under center. Straight over the top comes Najee, and he's short. Nope, they're going to say touchdown. One official said no, and the near side official said yes. He got chalk on that, lo- that leaping effort at the goal line. And that was just a great job by Najee of getting airborne and not losing the ball as it broke the plane of the goal line. You know, I, I thought, sure, when he reached out with one hand, I'm like, oh, no. I mean, it was just so brief. It was just like, ee! And he would manage to retain control of it. That was a terrific play by Najee. No, it was. It was. It was the jump over the top that you, that you, that you need. And there was a surge up front by the offensive line to make sure that other guys weren't jumping from the opposite side to meet him midair. Right. 
right, and Najee getting to the line of scrimmage and then just elevating his body, getting that ball across, and then securing it so you don't get any tip balls at the end or knockdowns uh, while the guy's in the air. There's like, oh, is that a fumble? Is it not a fumble? Trying to recover and losing yardage. You know, I'm always a big fan of if the ball's on the line of scrimmage in that situation, you know, don't remove the ball off the line of scrimmage, meaning go hand it off five yards deep and then expect them to go get that half yard that you needed. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's that that was that was a good sign and that was a good one, you know, for Najee to take full advantage of. Absolutely. You know, I I don't know how you determine whether you're going to jump or not. You know, I don't know anything about the, the running back position other than uh, my junior year playing some fullback. Uh, my well, JV on the JV, and then for a few games going into my junior year when I sprained my ankle, my coach had told me that the first time that I I, I fumbled the ball, I would be next play I'd be lining up at you know tackle, which I did. <laughs> yeah, and. and- and your career was started, <laughs> yes, Wolf. And my, yes, little did I know that he, he saved my career as a football player at that point in time my junior year. Harris Winkie, my head coach, uh, uh, you know, back in at high school in Orchard Park. But, uh, you know, the thing about it is um, th- there's always good. They had some good here, and it's, it's a shame that they weren't able to do the things that we're going to bring up in the next segment, <laughs> the bad. And uh, yeah. there's going to be a number Oof. of things there. Yeah, there's there's a number. Yeah, there there, there is. So we'll step aside one more time uh, to make sure we 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 give we give the bad enough uh, breathing room. <laughs> In this, you know, odiferous crack a window, wolf. Uh, yep. Crack the door, I should say, the studio, because it's going to get a little stinky with the bad in here. Uh, more lasagna, please. More lasagna. Exactly. More lasagna, less donuts. Let's do it. <laughs> here in the locker room, Wolf and Starks, SNR, ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, snap. Uh-oh, somebody breaks in and has Pickett. And Pickett stumbles, stumbles again and is sacked by the second guy back outside the 40-yard line. And he gets up slowly as... Roquan Smith, who can go sideline to sideline, the 50-year man from Georgia, former Chicago Bear. And Queen was the first one to him, but he got out of that situation. But mopping up was Smith, and the punt team is on. Well, you got the double A-gap penetrators lined up there, Queen and Smith. And you you go back and watch the film, and it should have been a squeeze call. And uh, somehow got mixed up between Mason Cole and Kevin Dotson. And uh, it's a shame. You know what I mean? You just let a free runner come through like that. That's that's that, that that's just wrong. You can't do it at this time of year especially because you've had enough games now that you understand how to operate in the double barrel, you know, blitzes coming at you. You have to be able to pick those up. You didn't even give your guy a chance, and that's unfortunate. And, and Kenny almost got out of it. You know, he spun he out of the Patrick Queen initial hit. But the problem was trying to recover. You've lost sight of the defense because you were turned around. Right. You're trying to square yourself up forward, and then you see you get a face full of 18. 
um, <laughs> yeah. that, that ends up, you know, pile driving him out. Um, yeah, that, that was tough because Kenny had some great decisions early, right? Yep. You know, uh, the decisions you're pat, you're dropping back. It's not there. You know what? Use the legs, baby. Yep. Turn and burn. Use the wheels. And, and it's just what could have been, right? What could have been. You wonder. If you don't, if you don't lose Kenny Pickett in that game, but this is the bad, right? This is the bad we're talking about, and I'm not making excuses for it, but that's one that really, really hurts um, to have lost Kitty as early as we did in that game. Yes. Uh, was just tough. And that's what made it so much worse about this A-gap, double-A-gap penetrators, all right? You know that if, you, if you're sitting on the weak side, you got to squeeze down and get that A-gap guy. And, and Mason and, and Kevin Dotson, they just – they they just uh, bamboozled that one. Um, nobody, I don't know, I don't know uh, who exactly should have done what because you just never know unless you're in the huddle here in the call. But the fact of the matter was, you let between the two of them, they let a guy run, and that's the worst part about it is that it took Pickett out of the game. That's that's the thing that was so unfortunate, like you said, because Kenny was doing some good things. Uh, the other the other thing that was uh, bad was, of course, and that would be the Calais Campbell block of the. Bosworth field goal attempt. Oh, field goal yeah. attempt from between the hashes for Chris Boswell, fresh off the IR. The kick is blocked, and it goes into the end zone for the touchback. Baltimore got somebody in there. Was it Calais Campbell? I don't know, but he's he he's celebrating like he did it. And Max, you've blocked the kick before. Yeah, and you're about yeah. as tall and big as Calais, so you understand the the ramifications and how to get it done. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, also I was in an era where you could literally push in the A gaps. So I had Larry Foote as as the as the push guy behind me. He was pushing you. Propel. Yeah, yeah, you you could push <laughs> the double A gap guys. So oh, myself man. and Aaron Smith up there in the middle, um, you know, trying to provide that push, and then you finally break through, and you just you get the paw up, right? Yep. You try you try and pick an intersection point where you think the ball is coming. Get your hand in that flight path, and Calais Campbell got got a got a nice big handful. There's penetration up front. You know, what I saw that was funny, Wolf. What's that? Was when Baltimore kicked their field goals, right? Yes. The the the, the two guards on either side, they actually get their inside knee on the ground. Really? So they're, they're in like this kind of crouched, half kneeling position. And then they just fire out and up, huh? Which I thought was an interest, which was an interesting technique um, to do it. It makes perfect sense, right? If 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 you're in that position and you kind of shoot down and up, uh, I'm sorry, not down and up, but come from a down position and go on an angle on a 45 up and up and out. That 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 you know that stymies a lot of that. Now, obviously, you still have to kick the ball high enough to get over, right? You know the 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 eight and a half foot wingspan that is Calais Campbell because Calais Campbell could scratch his knee standing straight up. <laughs> um, that's how long his arms are. But I thought I thought that was an interesting technique that I I, I didn't get to ask Danny Smith obviously because I saw it towards the end of the game and then I was upstairs. Um, but I would like to ask him about that if he noticed that. And would there be some type of, you know, uh, adjustment yeah. because of that? It's interesting because literally you're 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 creating an an angle 
like uh, you know the, the like like you used to people would hunt lions back in the day. You know they have a spear and the lion wait for the lion to attack and then they'd raise that spear up so that it would impale itself on on the yeah. spear. You know what I mean? Not that I would yeah. do that. <laughs> I, no, I don't care. I don't care how Never. big the spear is. I ain't facing no lion waiting for him to jump me. <laughs> a lion lunging at you. I, yeah. I can't think of a scarier sight. I, I can't because, either. Because no, because my soul has left my body at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just an empty vessel sitting there with a spear. There's yeah. like nothing you could say that's going to make me feel good about this decision. Because said attacker has claws <laughs> that are meant to maul you. And they're teeth. very sharp. And t- yeah, exactly. And, and they're toothed. They're toothed. <laughs> they're toothed up, man. Yeah, no, there's nope, nope. You know what? If, 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 if I'm sitting there like, hey, man, you're going to hunt. All right, let's do it. Here's a spear. What do you mean? What do I need a spear for? <laughs> Got this gun, which propels it so i it doesn't even get close to me you know what i'm saying like yeah i don't i don't need that this isn't a knife fight you know what i'm saying who brings a spear to a gunfight like that like that's but oh, but you're man. absolutely right i i was thinking of like fort fortifications you know when there's mounted cavalry they you they use the logs and you shave the end of the logs and you place them on the angle so that you know they can't so the horses can't leap over your 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 first level of defenses. Oh my! I can't goodness. think of what I can't. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You, do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like you know how how they'll they'll put those like the log spikes and like they'll do the same thing. Yep. Where they create those spears on an angle. I forgot what the barricade is called. Yeah, I know but what that, you're that, talking that, about. That, but that's what I thought of as well. So it's funny we we both thought of it like that. But that that I mean it just it makes sense. I would love to hear Danny Smith's explanation on that. Um or if he's thought that, but I, that's something that I thought was new that I hadn't seen. And as a technique, especially as much field goal as I've, as I've been on in my life, you know, it was like, yeah, you, you know, I, I could go on field goal block, but more often than not as a lineman, you normally get, get, uh, get dealt to be in the position for the, for the field goal and extra point try side right. of things. So it, it was, it was, it was an interesting thing that I noted, um, just a little sidebar to what that we're is. talking about in the bad category. You know what's so funny is I had a, a friend of mine. Um, he's he's passed away now, but he was a good good dude. Uh, but he was a, one of these big time safari hunters. You know, he belonged to the safari club, and he would go on safaris. And he told I, I asked him, I go, what was the scariest? If you had a scary moment, what was it? He said the time they were out there, he was in the back of a pickup truck. It was a long bed of, of some sort of pickup truck. And they were looking out over the, the hood, you know, in the top of the cab and everything. And a lion had actually snuck up and was had like one or two paws on the back part of the, the truck. And they shot it. But, I mean, it, was, it had gotten that close. The thing was ready to pounce. And it was like, wow. That would have been, oh, that would have been a major bummer. But he was a big-time safari hunter and doing that thing. And it was just, it reminded me of all this, which really means nothing because we're talking about football. But, you know, but the whole thing about it is the other thing that I thought was that we know was was just bad was the the way they were able to run the ball. And we're going to have to uh, break that down probably in the next segment. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we're we're, we're ending the end of the line here. So (laughs) but we will continue with the bad and 
I think it's going to bleed into the ugly with this one when we start to break down the rush, the rushing attack slash rush defense in the next hour, which, of course, is that beautiful part of the program, right, Wolf? It's the power hour, bud. Power hour time is up on the other side of the dial. Once we hit up and down 10 o'clock, you are here in the locker room at Wolf and Starks. And, of course, we want to make sure that we also point out the phone lines will be open, so make sure you get your place in line because we will be taking your calls in this next hour. The number, 412-919-1316. You're here in the locker room, Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio.